What are cryptocurrencies? Hey, hey, hey. What are NFTs? A non-fungible token. Time to buy Bitcoin. Bitcoin just seems like a scam. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Bitcoin! And we are back again with Ledger CTO Charles Guillemet. Um, I want to say for our listeners, we're going to assume that you've already listened to the podcast that I did with Charles in December, which lays out the security of hardware wallets versus software wallets, a threat model, etc. I think it's a prerequisite for this one. And if you've listened to it, then you realize that you need to keep your seed phrase um, in a secure element. You need to keep it there while you do your transaction and you need to sign transactions on a secure display. Unless you have all three of those things, you don't have security. And what we want to talk about today is the work that Charles and the, the Dungeon team do to keep everyone safe by looking at vulnerabilities out there. And in particular, talk about a, a vulnerability they found last year, went through responsible disclosure and uh, told the world about uh, over, the, over the past week. Um, the point of this is not to you know, point fingers at, uh, you know, at, at anyone doing anything in the space. The point is just to keep the space safe. Um, point out to people what the threat models are um, and, and help people understand how security works. So, Charles, thanks for joining us and helping us sort through these, uh, these like difficult technical concepts. <laughs> uh, thank you for the introduction uh, and uh, very happy to be, to be back on the show. Um, yes, the introduction is, is great. Uh, the Dungeon, uh, our internal security research team, uh, is working on different topics. Their main mission uh, is to improve the security of our, of our product. And uh, to do so, they are trying to find vulnerabilities. And when they do, uh, they work with the engineering teams in order to uh, improve things. But they are also uh, working, uh, studying different uh, product uh, in the ecosystem uh, sometimes they are looking at different wallets different dApps different like different products in the uh, in the ecosystem and uh, recently uh, back in november uh, they had a look to uh, trust wallet extension uh, trust wallet is uh, is wallet developed by um, uh, binance team uh, one team at binance and they uh, released uh, an extension for uh, for your browser that was back uh, in uh, November. And as you uh, mentioned, when you are using a software wallet, uh, whether it is an extension uh, or an, uh, an app, a mobile app or a desktop app, at the end, if you have a malware on your computer, the malware can get access to the seed and uh, that's it. Uh, but in this case, there, there was something additional. Uh, when uh, we had a look to uh, the code of this extension, because this is an open source extension, so uh, the team has um, studied the code on, on GitHub and uh, they started with the three different properties. If you remember, you need to, um, uh, you need to generate uh, your seed, your secret uh, in a secure enclave and the quality of the secret must, must, be, uh, must be good. Uh, what does it mean? Uh, it, it means that you, you need to have a good level of entropy. The entropy is the measurement for uh, randomness and that means different things. The, the first thing is you, uh, like you, you mustn't be able to uh, distinguish uh, one seed from real random. Uh, and um, the second property is that even if you know um, uh, the, uh, 
the, the, the beginning of a random sequence, you shouldn't be able to uh, guess any information of, of the next uh, part of uh, the sequence. And when you generate um, a, random, a random seed, a, a secret, like you need to generate 256 bits, which are completely random and distinguishable, uh, and you cannot guess uh, any of those bits, even if you know uh, the, the first bits. And 256 bits is a very uh, large number of bits, and the, the, this space is very, very large. And this is how the security uh, works in, in cryptocurrency. You generate uh, like one seed that long, so you, you can generate it uh, in many ways, but for instance, you can flip a coin 256 times and you uh, note uh, uh, tail side and so on. Uh, this is zero and one, and this creates a large sequence uh, of bits. And this space is uh, very large. That means that if an attacker wants to guess one seed randomly, just by, by trying, uh, he, he has more chance to uh, win the lottery uh, like uh, 10 times in a row than finding one of the seeds. So this, this, what I want to say is this, this is very, very, a very large space. There is more atom in the universe than the space. And maybe this, this is where someone would bring up quantum computing, which is another podcast with you on it that they should listen to. If yeah, you go to the On true. the Ledger series, you can you know, hear Charles talk about the threat of quantum computing for cryptography and, um, you know, and, and does it, does it you know, in, you know, reduce or, or, or you know, increase the chance of someone, someone finding that. But, but for now, let's assume that, that your chances of finding the seed are, um, you know, are, are worse than winning the lottery 10 times in a row. That's a, that's a, that's a fine way exactly. to think about it. But this assumption is true only if your seed is well-generated, meaning like every single bit is independent, uh, in the, uh, impossible to guess and so on. And the problem, with, uh, the problem that we uh, noticed in the, in the Trust Wallet code is that instead of having 256 bits of entropy, the entropy was only represented by 32 bits. And 32 bits is not a big number. Like um, in, in a space of 32 bits, you have 4 billion different keys. 4 billion is a big number if you want to, uh, to write them down uh, on, on a piece of paper. But if you use computer, generating 4 billion different keys is something completely possible. You, you will need like a few minutes, maybe, maybe a little bit that, than one hour, but that's it. In one hour, you will, you will be able to generate these 4 billion possible keys. And the, 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 vulnerability, the vulnerability that we found in the code of uh, Trust Wallet extension was exactly this. Instead of having uh, 256 different uh, bits, possible bits, uh, for the entropy of the seed, like there, was, there was only 32 bits which completely determined the value of the possible seeds. So what, what, when, whenever you found, we found the, this vulnerability, what we did is the following. We generated the 4 billion uh, possible seeds. And from the seeds, we generated the corresponding uh, private keys and different addresses. And then we only had to monitor the blockchain and check on every single address, is there some money on it? And, and that's it. If there was some money, we know the seed. We are able to um, to extract uh, the funds. So th this was a pretty big vulnerability. Like with this vulnerability, 
an attacker can drain all the wallets of all uh, the, the trust wallet extension users that generated this, their keys uh, with, uh, with, with this wallet. So that, that, was, that was pretty big. Uh, I think this is the most critical vulnerability you, can, you, you could imagine. I, I would just have a couple of questions, you know, curiosities, because if, if um, our listeners are listening, I mean, it, it's first of all, it's great that the Ledger team found this. I just want to put an underscore under this and not to pat ourselves on the back, but the, you know, the, what's amazing to me is you know, that, that your team could have you know, not told you. <laughs> and it's on some level, they, they, uh, <laughs> they really found um, a pot of gold, um, but, they, but they went through the, the, the right processes and, and dealt with it, and, and it is great that, that they found it. So let me just see if I, if I, I want to I back up a little bit to talk about the work that, we, that you do at the Donjon. Um, so the Donjon, as you said, you're looking, at, at, you're looking for vulnerabilities you know, in, with, for, in Ledger, but also in, in the world at large. So just first of all, what percentage of time do you spend looking at Ledger pro- products versus looking at products which aren't, which aren't Ledger? Yeah, most, most of the time uh, they spent is on Ledger's product, of course, because this is our, our top priority. But in order to like to do different research, to uh, see different patterns, to understand how uh, the different wallet, the different application work, it's also like important for them to like uh, to always keep up, to always raise the bar for security. Even for us, like studying different solution allows us to improve our uh, own solution. So I, I difficult to say a number, but maybe like twenty um, percent of the of their time doing like different research on different product and eighty percent on on Ledger's product. That's that's it's interesting and and helpful, and and then uh, you know I'm I'm curious sort of you know how they you know how they go about it. Um, actually, let me let me make one other note. You and I covered this in the other uh, podcast, and you mentioned it a moment ago. But there's sort of a a general vulnerability for software only wallets. Um, so again, you know, really encourage people to listen to that um, that other that other podcast. And I, I think it's a to me it's a part of the conversation around this particular vulnerability as well because you know we received some feedback which is like, hey, when you guys you know publish a vulnerability like this, it really scares people. It scares people about the security of storing their crypto and. You know, our, my, my point of view, and I'll say this directly, you know, sorry, not sorry, right? We say over and over again, you know, that you shouldn't be using a software wallet to, to store your, your, your secret. And, you know, people should be scared of doing that. And by not exposing them to the kind of, um, you know, built-in vulnerabilities of a software-only wallet, you know, you're, you're putting people at risk generally. So I also just want to point out for anyone listening, like there, there's sort of the general vulnerability of having a, a software-only wallet. I, you know, I'm not exactly sure what it was, but I got another and kind of even scarier critical update from Apple yesterday than, than the one that I had a week ago. I don't, I don't know exactly what it was related to, but it definitely was a, okay, we're, we're shutting down and restarting Safari and we're applying it when you restart your computer. I just restarted my computer and said, okay, please do. But, you know, the, there, there is this kind of, um, you know, software wallets are not secure, but this is, a, this is a specific vulnerability beyond that. And I think, you know, what's, what's interesting that I'm curious about how you go about finding something like that, because it sounds a bit like a needle in a haystack, but I doubt that it's, that it's that difficult because, as you said, the code is out there on GitHub, so it was already open source and you were able to look at it and you did know what to look for, right? You're sort of checking the box on what does good security look like. And, and one of those things is, okay, is the entropy 
you know, all 256 bits or is it a smaller sort of address space? And, and so you, you know, you went looking for that and wanted to check the box saying, okay, yes, 256 bit entropy. Um, and then you went, wait a minute, not that is it, is it that? And then I guess my curiosity is why the hell were we the first people to find this? Um, difficult to, to answer to the last question. Uh, we, I'm not even sure we were the first, we were the first to publicly find the vulnerability, but maybe uh, some attackers already knew about, about it. And like when you are a security researcher uh, you, and you study uh, cryptographic implementation, uh, this is always the like same pattern. You know uh, where to look for, uh, you know what to look for, and like this is uh, this is quite straightforward. You start with um, generation of of keys, generation of secrets, and then there are a list of different uh, vulnerabilities, like uh, cryptographic vulnerabilities, like quite common vulnerabilities, and then uh, it, it it can become a little bit more complex. But there is there is a list of uh, things to check, uh, like entropy like a common vulnerability in, in cryptography. Uh, is this protocol authenticated? Oh, it's not authenticated. That means that I'm, I, could, uh, I could pretend I'm trust wallet. And yeah, you, you, you know where, where to look, uh, what to look for. And, uh, and like in this case, the, the generation of, uh, of secrets was probably the, probably the first thing uh, Jean-Baptiste uh, had a look. Jean-Baptiste Bedrin is the one who, who found it. And so then talk a little bit about the process. When, you know, we've, here we are in, in May, so it was late April that, um, that, the, that, the, that the vulnerability was disclosed. When was it found? And then what, what happened after it was found? So this part is quite interesting for uh, the listeners who don't know really well how uh, coordinated responsible disclosure, disclosure works. So uh, historically, when you are a security researcher, the idea, like back in the days, you, you were very happy to show the world that you have found a big vulnerability on the FBI website. And the first thing you did was exploit it, uh, uh, tell to the world, go to Black Hat and so on. But at some point, the vendors uh, got a little bit pissed off by this. And we created, like the industry created to... Um, create uh, to create this uh, process of uh, responsible disclosure, and vendors uh, started to incentivize uh, security researchers to um, give them the, the the vulnerability before publishing. And now there is a, a quite standard process. It is a, a industry standard, and the idea is when you find a vulnerability on a product, you uh, contact the vendor and uh, you you explain the vulnerability and. At this point, uh, the vendor will acknowledge that, okay, there is, there is a vulnerability and we will agree on a period of time uh, where we are um, uh, implementing an embargo. We don't say anything about the vulnerability uh, during this time. It allows the vendor to fix the vulnerability to, uh, to avoid uh, users to be at risk and so on. And at the end of this period, which is usually 90 days, uh, this is the industry standard. Uh, at the end of this period, then generally speaking, the vendor and the security researcher publish at the same time, the same day. And like the vendor um, uh, make aware his, his users, maybe uh, his users need to do something to update and, and so on. And, uh, and the security researcher publish the vulnerability. 
and it allows the ecosystem to like to understand maybe a new mechanism to and, and to raise the bar for the for security overall in the ecosystem. And by the way, the, the day we published the vulnerability, I've been contacted by several security researchers. They were like, they were like, oh, uh, thanks to for uh, thanks to your blog post, we understood like something on our software. Also, uh, someone uh, um, told me, oh, we saw on chain that there was uh, there were uh, um, vulnerable addresses, but we didn't know which wallets was uh, generating those uh, addresses. So this is important for the security uh, ecosystem and, uh, and the cryptocurrency ecosystem overall, because security is really important in this ecosystem. Wait, wait, will, you, will you explain that last piece to me? That they, you said they saw vulnerable addresses. What, what, what do you mean? How did they see that? And, and what did yeah. this disclosure explain to them? This, this this part was quite quite interesting. There there are some people who like are monitoring plenty of addresses on chain, uh, and they have generated those addresses with low entropy seeds. They say they, they are like maybe uh, someday one one guy will generate uh, a seed with a very low entropy, and they create billions of bi billions and billions of these uh, vulnerable seeds then derive the corresponding addresses and monitor them on chain. And this is something quite common because long time ago, back in the days, uh, there, there was what, what we call brain wallet. And brain wallet, the idea was to uh, create a password and from this password, uh, hash it, and that was your seed. And doing this, some people generate like um, very uh, small passwords, and then uh, it was possible to uh, for attacker to to drain them. And there are still plenty of bots which which are monitoring the, the chain. And if ever you put money on this kind of brain wallet with uh, like uh, a low entropy password, the bots will um, will will get your funds like uh, immediately. And probably what will happen with this very vulnerability is now, like uh, some attackers like understood this vulnerability, and they will add these new addresses in their script. So now, if you put your money on one of these vulnerable addresses, it will be drained by a bot. It's it's not the case yet because we have seen on chain like now uh, the remaining address uh, are drained, uh, but it, it will be uh, uh, soon uh, automatic. Because yes, to finish with um, the the disclosure, so with Trust Wallet we uh, we discussed um, during this period of time uh, we tried to help them um, address it because the the problem was. Uh, plenty of funds were uh, sitting on this vulnerable wallet. So how do you do to contact users and, and tell them how to move their funds and so on? That the, they had such uh, challenges on their side. So we, we tried uh, to help them um, fix the vulnerability, warn their users, uh, and avoid an attacker to uh, drain the wallet. And how, 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 do you, how do you do that without it, without it leaking? Because, you know, if I, if I understand it correctly... You've got a non-custodial wallet. Um, you don't necessarily have a way to contact those customers, although maybe they did because many of them were Binance customers and they could and they could see that. But then, um, you know, people basically need to move their funds out of those addresses before um, the disclosure, which means you have to tell them, but you also yep. have to tell them in a way that it doesn't leak more broadly. So how do you... How do you even approach exactly. that problem? And, and for me, for me, that was that was a, a big challenge, and I was quite sure that as soon as they would say there is a vulnerability on the wallet, like an attacker would figure out, figure it out. 
It didn't happen. I don't know why, uh, but it didn't happen. So what they did is in the extension, uh, you add a message saying, oh, warning, your uh, wallet uh, funds are at risk. And the only thing you could do was to uh, like to send them to another wallet. You couldn't receive anymore. Like they, they simply updated the extension uh, so that you only have uh, this warning and you can only uh, move your funds. Also, they created a notification in the extension. Yeah, so users- Which is crazy um, because if I would have seen that, I would have thought it was phishing. I would have gone, okay, really? Um, okay. Um, but, but yeah, I guess if you send it to a ledger, then you can be you know sure and you can be safe. And and then I, gu I yep. guess what happened is they got it to kind of um, you know a critical mass, you know, not every address, but you know uh, as, as many as they, they, they felt was like above- a reasonable threshold is that and then they decided to, to disclose is that what happened they like the warning was displayed only uh, if your address was uh, vulnerable so that, that right. limited a little bit the the issue and also they they did a small mistake uh, when they decided to fix the vulnerability they uh, directly committed on their github uh, repository and the github repository is public so i know for for, for sure that there are some attackers who are simply monitoring all the GitHub of all the Web3 slash wallet uh, application. And I, I thought that was uh, like from an attacker standpoint, this kind of commit on like uh, uh, entropy generation is suspicious. So for these two reasons, I was quite uh, sure that an attacker would figure it out, but uh, yeah, it didn't happen, hopefully. So, bear, uh, bear market, funds, bear market. The attackers were, yeah, uh, market, they, were they, they were working on uh, Dolly and Midjourney instead. So, yeah, like you did. That's true, and I, I think we avoided a, a quite catastrophic hack because we found the vulnerability only like three days after the release of the extension. So that was really the beginning of the extension. Uh, only in the, so they started to warn the user and fix a few days after. So in in the in a period of time of let's say ten days, there there were already there was already uh, several dozen of millions uh, USD equivalent uh, on these wallets. So it was already quite big. And as you said, when you are um, a white hat uh, hacker. Um, like um, it, it could be a little bit tempting, like to 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 get retired with <laughs> with those uh, those millions of USD, but no, like the dungeon guys have uh, have some uh, ethic, and they of course they they, they disclosed it to um, to trust whatever. Yeah, very high character. Well, thank you for 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 first of all, thank you for the work. I mean, you know, it's uh, really for the whole ecosystem. It's it's super important. Again, I, I think about, um, well, I, I wanted to say a couple things. You know, I, I know that many of our listeners are interested in the topic, but don't, um, you know, have a, a, a ton of experience and knowledge about it. So I wanted to encourage people to, to read, as I always do, This Is How They Tell Me The World Ends, which actually explains what you were talking about, how, you know, things went from, you know, from kind of the Wild West to a more responsible disclosure and, mm -hmm. and how big companies like Google and Microsoft um, and the U.S. government um, were both, you know, involved, compl uh, complicit, and 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 the like in in that evolution. And also, right now, I'm reading the 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 book. I think it's called Zero Day, which is about the Stuxnet 
um, uh, so, you know, by Kim. Stuxnet's story is really interesting, yes. Yeah, I forget, I'm sorry, I'm spacing on her last name. I believe her first name is Kim. She has a great Twitter account uh, as well, but she wrote Zero Day. Um, so if you're interested in the topic, I, I you know, certainly encourage you. Those are very accessible books, not overly technical. Um, but maybe to close, Charles, just recap for us, you know, oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just wanted to finish with the disclosure. So instead of 90 days, we agreed with um, TrustWallet to extend to uh, more than five months, I think. And uh, at some point, we agreed that there was there was still a few remaining wallets, but the amount was quite okay. I think that was around uh, 80,000 equivalent USD. Uh, so we agreed that, okay, uh, that's uh, that's sufficient. And at this time, I was like, maybe you should yourself drain the wallet and create a claim process uh, for uh, for the users. And they decided to do uh, differently. They decided to say, okay, uh, we let these funds. And um, if they get uh, drained, we will reimburse user. From a user standpoint, this is the same thing. Uh, at the end, you got your funds back. From an attacker standpoint, it's better to not give too much money to attackers. So I would I would have preferred my uh, solution, but uh, from from the, the user is protected in uh, in both cases. So they decided to uh, disclose uh, Saturday ten days ago, and then we disclosed a few days after Tuesday, uh, like uh, last week. Um, and at, at this point, uh, the remaining wallet uh, started uh, to be drained, uh, and I think now there was there was no uh, no remaining funds on 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 those wallets, and the impacted users uh, um, can get reimbursed by uh, by Trust Wallet. So this is uh, this is how it uh, ended, and maybe uh, my big takeaways for this this history is the following: like thankfully. One guy from the dungeon, very good guy, uh, Jean-Baptiste Bedrun, very, very, a lot of ethic. Uh, thankfully, he found this vulnerability very quickly and he, we succeeded to work with TrustWallet to uh, put the user's funds uh, at risk in a safe place. And we, we most likely avoided the biggest hack in the, in the crypto ecosystem. Uh, this, is, uh, this is my takeaway on this. And and just just then, let's close with um, with you know Ledger's uh, approach to the the same thing. And you're talking you're talking about um, the the creation of, uh, of 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 keys here. How do we do it? That's uh, that, that's you know sufficient or beyond sufficient. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a good question. Generating generating random like uh, it is not something easy. Um, like uh, as an engineer, as a, scient a scientist, you, you like when things are deterministic. So you don't really like randomness. So this is a, this well, and is computers are uh, are deterministic by by nature, and I, so I was actually exactly. um, you know as an old engineer, I wanted to ask you the the randomness question. I remember when you know one of the things you could get was um, uh, randomness from a, a camera pointed at a lava lamp, right? Because um, you know it was better. <laughs> it was it was a better yeah. seed for randomness than anything a computer could generate. So what, what's what's state of the art today, and how do we do it? Yeah, so exactly. When, what we are using in, inside our secure element, there is a, a small component, which is called the TRNG, True Random Number Generator. And it leverages uh, some uh, physical uh, jitter, like exactly as uh, the lava lamp uh, creates some uh, physical chaos. Uh, the TRNG is uh, something like, like this. 
This is the free running oscillators and they have a very high frequency and you have like a lot of different oscillators uh, in parallel and you are sampling them um, and, and you are computing the XOR of all these uh, free running oscillators. And as there is a little bit of jitter in the, in the frequency of each oscillator, uh, when, as, as there are plenty of them, you can, uh, you can um, uh, accumulate the jitter of each of them and it creates a little bit of entropy. So this is the basis. And then there is a, a, a lot of um, uh, post-treatment for, uh, for making sure that like, this entropy is high enough. And finally, there is a cryptographic, uh, cryptographical uh, post-treatment allowing you to, uh, to, to, to get the, the big properties. The big properties I mentioned before, like uh, um, equality of uh, zero and one, equality of each given pattern, uh, non-distinguishability from uh, true random uh, sequence, and uh, impossible, the fact that it's impossible to uh, guess uh, the rest of the sequence when you know the, the beginning of the sequence. So these proper properties are uh, met and there are several control, like uh, if ever um, the true random number uh, source uh, is uh, defective, there are like online tests that test the, the random number generator, making sure like the, the properties are, are still okay. For instance, if you put your um, random number generator within like a, a very low temperature, like minus uh, 100 degrees, uh, the, the, the performance of the random number generator could degrade a little bit but they will, be, uh, uh, they will be detected by uh, the probe and it won't generate a, a random number. So if you live somewhere uh, where the temperature is one, minus 100 degrees, maybe the generation might fail and it might say, oh, I, I'm not able to generate random number. Santa Claus, so Santa Claus would have a hard time. This is the state of the art for, yeah. This is the state of the art for generating uh, random numbers with, uh, with our TRNG. And there is also like a certification, uh, which is called AIS-31. So this is uh, the highest level of uh, randomness, basically. And so I just, maybe it's a, it's a great place to close because I think, you know, people look at the Ledger Nano and they go, oh, it's just a USB stick where I put my digital stuff, right? <laughs> um, but what, what you're telling me is, uh, and correct me if I have it wrong, but there, there is this TRNG inside of, of the, the, the Ledger Nano hardware and ultimately Ledger Stacks hardware as well, which is a true random number generator, yeah. um, which actually, you know, uses physical jitter to make sure that, that you have... Um, you know, that you have, have uh, entropy in, in, in the creation. And then the ledger operating system uh, actually has a number of checks to make sure that the, that the entropy is, is sufficient. So again, I think people don't really understand what exactly is going on inside of, you know, quote unquote, secure hardware. Um, but, but these are, you know, super important points uh, of it. And, and, and the, this latest vulnerability, you know, shows just how important, it is that it actually, you know, is the difference between um, basically the, you know, private keys being guessable and them not being guessable. Definitely, I think it's a, it's a great conclusion, and and yes, in the, in this uh, in this small thing or little bigger thing, uh, there is a lot of uh, things behind the scene that happens, and uh, it's uh, not as simple as it uh, looks like. Perfect. 
Well, thank you for, well, I mean, again, thank you for the work. You know, the, the conversation <laughs> is, uh, is, is really um, a, a very small sliver, but um, explaining to people, you know, what this is and why it matters is, is also an important part of the job. So really appreciate you spending the time to do it. Yeah, thank you very much for having me and kudos for the dungeon and Jean-Baptiste Bedouin to have found this vulnerability. Kudos. Thank you. This content is provided for informational purposes only and is the sole expression of our opinion and should not be relied upon as legal, business, investment or tax advice. Do your own research. Any loss or profit is your sole responsibility. Stay safe.